Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, and welcome to the Self Love Club, the podcast chatting about stuff that matters. I'm your host, podcaster Belle Crawford. Thank you so much for joining me. On the show, it's a chit chat episode, which feature in between our guest episodes. We have an anxiety toolkit, something you can refer to, some helpful tips when you're experiencing anxiety, things you can use in your everyday life to take care of yourself. And also I have a stack of recommendations, things I've been listening, reading and watching, which I think you'll really like as well. Before we get into it, can you please make sure you're subscribed on your podcast app now? We're on all of them. Hit follow and you can also select automatic downloads. And also follow us at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram. And I'm at Belle Crawford with all the details in the show notes. Okay, so I've created an anxiety toolkit. And this is in no way medical advice. It's things that have helped me, things I've learned over the many years and through doing therapy and also talking to people at time experts on this podcast. If you are needing professional help, please see your medical professional. I'll leave some links in the show notes. Recently, I had someone close to me experiencing a bout of anxiety. They were having panic attacks and they were messaging me. So I got them on a FaceTime call and talked them through the worst stage, which I have experienced myself over many years, anxiety, panic attacks. Um, It's not something I experience as frequently anymore. I think that may have something to do with the fact that I got diagnosed with ADHD. So I'm um, being treated, medicated for that and also... I don't know. I just, it does come back. I had some recently where I was feeling quite anxious. I was ruminating, overthinking. And these are some of the things that I've done um, and that have helped those close to me when they're experiencing anxiety as well. So, number one, I know that this person takes medication like I do and many others do. And there's one in particular you may have heard of called lorazepam. And it's an anxiety medication which is to be used only sometimes. It's not a daily medication, Uh, it's just for emergencies when you're in the worst of it. In this case, panic attacks. It can be really helpful to take half, a whole, whatever your doctor has prescribed to you. Now I told them to go get it and a big glass of water. Sometimes it's really helpful to have someone else help you through it. Even though as well at the same time we do need to be able to get ourselves through these situations, it can be really helpful if you're going through it and you're just feeling like absolute trash to have someone who can help take care of you as well. Think of it as taking care of yourself like you would a small child or if a friend was going through a situation, try do that to yourself. Number two, breathing. Now the fastest and most effective way to tell your body it's safe is to do deep belly breathing. I first learned this a few years ago from Dr. Libby and the technique you may have come across, it's quite common, quite popular, it's called 478. So you breathe in through your nose for four, a count of four, one, two, three, four, breathe in through your nose, hold it for seven, and then breathe out for eight, and repeat that three times. 
or as many times as you need. Not too many, but when you start to feel yourself getting some relief. This is scientifically proven to help harm your body, getting into your nervous system and telling your body that you are safe. Even though your brain is telling you a million things, you're trying to just calm yourself down and bring some relief. Number three, tell yourself that you are safe and it's going to be okay. You are going to get through this. And it can really help if you write a message like this on your phone in your notes app, like a mantra or an affirmation that you can easily reach to and say to yourself in these times of need. So it's already pre-prepared when your brain is racing, you can't think, and you can just look at it and tell yourself these simple messages over and over again. Say it out loud to yourself. Number four. Speak to someone about how you're feeling. If this is something that helps you, a lot of people find that sharing, talking about things can make it feel less heavy, but some people do like to keep things to themselves and you may not be in a state that you're able to really talk to someone, you're just sort of experiencing this heaviness. But if you can, it's a really good idea just to say to someone close to you, hey, I'm feeling anxious at the moment, I'm not feeling very good, because sometimes when you share that, it'll feel less heavy, and they can help you get out of that state as well, and just sort of bring you back and help to ground you, and remind you all the amazing things you're doing, and the really good things about yourself, the things they love, and why they love you. People do care about you, and they want to help you, and I know not everyone understands anxiety, so it can be really hard, but if you have those people in your life that do, whether it's a sibling or a really close friend, someone who experiences it as well, those people can often be the ones who are most helpful because they know what it's like to go through. A lot of the times other people want to help you, but unless they know what it's like, they don't really always understand. But regardless of that, you're not alone and people do care about you. And also another thing on that is even if you are telling people about it, whether it's your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your friends, it doesn't exactly get rid of the feelings and it won't take it all away and make it stop. That's another point I've always thought of. It's like you think you need support, you think you need someone else to help you, but nothing fully fixes it. All these things can help, but until that feeling passes, honestly, you can, I I mean, I've experienced it so many times over and you think all these things, please, something help. And and they do help, but it might not feel like it at the time. You're just sort of waiting for it all to help and, and that feeling to pass and to kick in. I think I definitely experienced my worst panic attacks when I was a bit younger. I remember one that I had, I think I was 18 or 19, and I didn't really know what was happening to me. And I think this happens to a lot of people when they do experience panic attacks. Maybe now people are learning a bit more. Previously, it wasn't something that was really spoken about much, and people didn't really share it. But I feel like now we do. And my little sister, she actually was amazing. She was rubbing my back. She put me in a bath. Um, That was definitely times in my teens, I think I remember having them the most. And then throughout my 20s, I had some pretty bad ones. I've had one at work before under, like literally during a song, went down and sort of had a panic attack under the, the desk. I'm laughing, but not actually. And then, you know, like performer mode, turn it back on, on air fine again. Another one I remember having it was in my I think mid-20s and I had gone through a breakup and it was just really hard and my hormones weren't so good after coming off the pill but mostly I liken it back to 
going through this breakup and we all know how awful that can be it can it's such a traumatic experience for you regardless of what's going on I always found it really hard and this was a big change in my life you know the person that you think you're going to spend a lot of time with your life with you know whether your living situation a lot of changes and it's really hard to I guess come to terms with and feel better about but at the same time I remember having one panic attack and I remember exactly where I was at this place I was living at and having to hold on to the walls around me in this bathroom because I felt like if I didn't hold on to something the world was gonna or the ground was gonna swallow me up so it can feel very intense in that moment but you just got to get through it and if you need to cry, cry, let it out, don't hold on to your feelings. Often I know for me when I've been frustrated or feeling not so good about things, it'll hit a point and then I'll cry and then that's the release. It's like the frustration leads to a cry and then once I've cried, of course it can be awful but then after that I get like a bit of, I guess, relief and everyone's different in how they process things but I know that When I get angry or upset or I'm not feeling good, I'll be able to hang on for quite a long time and then it reaches this point where I'm just at that boiling point and I guess for me it's the emotion, like it just starts spilling out and and you'll cry and it is actually a really healthy way to release, get things out, don't hold on to it, don't bottle it up, even if it feels really scary to have those feelings and that's when if you need to seek some professional help, please don't shy away from doing that, there is no shame in doing that and just like we go to different experts for other health issues or you know we work so much on our physical health or appearance you've got to think of it in a similar way that well you had an injury in your knee of course you'd go get it sorted so why wouldn't you do the same thing with your mental well-being because it has such an impact on your life but that's just one of those attitudes that we've just got to keep changing and how we treat ourselves and how society views it as well. Number five, put something comfy on. Now for me, I have t-shirts, which I've always known as my comfort t-shirts. I wear them to bed, I wear them often, some of them while I'm working. They're big, oversized vintage tees, some of my Harley tees. Some of them have a lot of holes, but one of them in particular has over the years been what I've known in my head. I've never said it to anyone, they're my anxiety tees, they're my comfort tees, what I'm feeling Even if I was hungover or I was just feeling rubbish, put them on, there's something about them, they're comforting, the fabric is soft and they just make me feel really good. Number six, have a shower or a bath and if you're up to it, I know it can take a lot of time to even get up sometimes when you're really anxious, do some skincare, put some deodorant on, brush your teeth, brush your hair, these little things that you can do for yourself, which I'm not saying they're going to take your anxiety away, but they definitely help. And you're just showing yourself that you really care about yourself and you're giving yourself some attention, your basic needs, you're taking care of that because you care for yourself. Just like if you had a little child you were looking after or a friend who had gone through something awful or they were upset, you would want to do the things to help them feel good, you know, whether that's putting their jammies on or making them something to eat or giving them a cuddle, putting their shows on. That leads us to the next point. Number seven, put a comfort show on, nothing heavy or sad. Now, you may like watching true crime, but if you're really anxious, that stuff may not help you. I know sometimes it does, but for me, comfort shows like Friends, I don't know how many times I've watched that over and over again, but it's on Netflix and it's always one that I reach to, um, especially if I'm going through a part where I just feel 
a little bit like fragile and just need something light and nothing too heavy and they always make you laugh and that feeling can just the lightness can just help so much if you're feeling really bad another one is something like Gilmore Girls or maybe it's Grace and Frankie is a new one I've only just recently gotten into that's nice and light whatever it is for you maybe you've got your go-to movies things that make you feel good just comfort stuff easy number eight do you like listening to podcasts, audiobooks, meditations? Uh, I know for me, I always reach for those things. I've got audiobooks, podcasts, certain meditations I always go back to in times of need or whatever I'm going through, I'll often type even into a search bar can be really handy. Finding things that help you, whether that's hearing people speak about how to get through particular issues, situations you may be going through in your life, whether it's relationships, feelings, um, also maybe it's work or anything you're going through there is so much information out there you can access with a lot of professionals who are on podcasts that have audiobooks things you can listen to which give you practical tips and I just find it's just nice to hear things that make you feel like you're like oh I'm not alone in feeling like that that's exactly how I'm feeling there was recently a time when I had been overthinking something and it sort of, I started hyperfixating on it and it was really bad and it was coming on and off in a few days. One night I actually couldn't sleep till 1am because of it and I was trying not to focus on this thought so much which was something I just kept fixating on and so I was awake. I wasn't necessarily thinking of that thing the whole time but I just couldn't go to sleep so I was up isn't good because when you're anxious or you're not feeling good the sleep just lack of sleep just makes it worse and it's a flow-on effect but I found this podcast there was this guy talking about ADHD and and those times of when you're saying awful things to yourself and you're hyper fixating on something that someone said to you or something that's happened or just a thought and the way he was just explaining because he had ADHD as well and I don't even think it's an ADHD thing I just think it's a human thing that sometimes you fixate on these things but if you have ADHD you're more likely to experience this and you are used to saying more negative things to yourself it's proven through studies and yeah so I just found it really helpful to hear what he was saying about his experiences and sort of talking us through it the research behind it why it happens and ways to get out of it and we've got a backlog on the self-love club of so many episodes you can listen to with experts with different guests and I'm always here to be a comfort in your ears and just help you feel better whether it's on a walk or whatever you're doing you can listen when you're at home even if you're lying in bed I definitely have podcasts I've listened to over the years like my comfort ones and sometimes when you're really anxious you don't really feel like listening to heaps of information maybe in small doses, it might even be something funny or for me, maybe it's a comedy or a radio show that I've really enjoyed and over the years even, like if I was hungover back in the day, uh, after a big old weekend, I would listen to them and it would just make me feel, when I was in that peak anxious state, it would just make me feel better because it's light and funny and just takes your mind off things a little bit. Number nine, as I mentioned before, don't be afraid to speak to people about how you are feeling. And whether that's someone close to you or seeking professional help like a therapist or speaking to your GP as a first point. Now, there is no shame in taking medication. And I know there's an attitude still towards it, even though we are having these conversations a lot more in the mainstream now about medication and our mental health. But this attitude that definitely exists, and I see it all the time on social media, is that, oh, 
no, I'm, I'm going to take it, but I'm going to come off it. Or I took it for a short time, but then I came off it. Or, oh, no, I don't want to take medication. Or I prefer a, a more natural approach. But if you think how quickly people will take medication, if it's for something like a heart condition or maybe something like diabetes, you wouldn't even bat an eyelid. You'd take the medication, right? So it's no different. And sometimes your biochemistry is wired a certain way. It's not your fault. And for a lot of people, medication really helps. For me, someone who got diagnosed as an adult with ADHD, my brain doesn't process dopamine correctly. And the way the medication helps me is it just, I can't even properly explain it like a professional would, but what I got explained to me was it just helps that process in your brain and putting the stuff in where it's missing and helping you just to do that because otherwise I was just getting so tired and uh, life just felt exhausting and now I am taking medication and it's really good and I've also been on citalopram for a really long time I think I first started taking it when I was maybe 19 I did go off it for a while and then a few years back I had done a lot of therapy I was trying other things but I my doctor was just said you know we can put you on half or whatever you need if it just helps balance out your moods a bit and this is before I was medicated or had been diagnosed with ADHD so it was probably something that I needed and instead they were giving me this other medication because I guess that was something I was experiencing as well but yeah so I went back on it and then I've upped it at times to a whole tablet recently as an end of last year I went down to a half again so I don't know if I'm going to fully come off it it's just something I'm doing slowly over time as I'm also on another medication which seems to have helped with my anxiety I don't seem to experience it like I was but who knows I'm there's no shame in taking it if it helps you then great but I really want us to change that attitude that, oh no, like I'm, I don't need to take it. Because if you're really struggling, like I'm sorry, but maybe a St. John's wart helps you, but it doesn't help everybody. And again, going back to that biochemistry thing, it's something in your brain, right? Maybe you're just wired that way. Again, speak to your GP, a medical professional about this and what that would look like for you. Just because your friend is doing something or I'm doing something, this is in no way medical advice. I'm just sharing my experiences and what I have done and what's helped me but I would really recommend you find out what works for you and speak to your health professional about that. Number 10, get outside and if you're feeling up to it, go for a walk. Sometimes just being out in some fresh air, you don't have to go for a walk, maybe you've got no energy, you are so tired, you haven't slept, you're just exhausted from this experience but if you can get outside and just take some breaths into the fresh air, get a little bit of sunlight on your face with SPF on, of course. But if you're feeling up to a walk, go for one. Put a podcast on. Listen to the sounds around you. It doesn't have to be a big walk, but just doing something for yourself. I always find that when I go on walks, I feel really good. And I've recently found a beautiful track near mine, which I knew half of it existed. We've moved in the last year, but then I didn't know the other half existed. Part of it goes to like a bushwalk and it's so beautiful. Don't put a lot of pressure on yourself to be doing high intensity exercise. Do what you can. Sometimes that's doing nothing at all. Maybe a little bit of yoga, light walking. Just keep it easy and don't put too much pressure on yourself. Of course, there are times when, like at the moment, I'm feeling good. I'm doing my kick workouts. I'm doing one of the challenges. So I'm 
Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I do those challenges, strength and hit, and then the other days I'll go for walks, runs, do Pilates or whatever, whatever I'm feeling up to. But I find for me, doing those things in the mornings really helps. Number 11, hip tea. Peppermint tea, I'm a big fan of it. It definitely brings the calm. For me personally, I prefer peppermint tea to chamomile tea. I don't find that chamomile, even though that's meant to calm you, it doesn't really have that effect. It just tastes like I'm literally drinking like a grass or a, you know, a dandelion, a chamomile, I don't know. But peppermint tea, it for me is really calming. I know a lot of you on my social media, we've talked about this over the years, that we're the pet tea crew and we just, we love it. A little nana with her cup of tea, a little blankie and slippers. Number 12. Now, this is not something I'm saying you have to do, but if you're interested in taking supplements, firstly, I would recommend seeing a naturopath to find out what you should be taking and what you're lacking. And you can also do this by going to your doctor and getting blood tests. But I always find when I've gone to a naturopath, they can look a bit more than just your iron and those levels. Again, this is what I take, and I'm not saying you should take this as well, but I told the person recently who was going through a rough patch, and I was on this FaceTime call talking them through it and just chatting about it because they were experiencing really bad panic attacks. And they were asking me, like, what supplements should I take? You know, what would you recommend? I personally take B vitamins. I take zinc for my skin and immunity, a probiotic for your gut health. And I had an adrenal supplement for stress and calm recommended to me by a therapist. And she got, like, she told me what to take when. And I sort of stick to that. I've stuck to that over the last couple of years. And that's what works for me personally. And what works for you is going to be different. At night, I take magnesium. I'll often take sleep drops or melatonin if I have it as well to help me get a good sleep. Number 13, now when you're feeling really stressed and anxious, sometimes you might not be able to eat or you may be the opposite. And for myself and some of those close to me, we struggle to eat. So making sure that you're nourishing yourself, whether that's things that you can easily get down you, a smoothie, eggs, fruit, anything to nourish yourself, anything that you can get down and just making sure that you are eating. Number 14, when I'm peak anxious, I avoid caffeine. Now, caffeine, coffee can make anxiety worse. And non-caffeinated herbal teas are great. So if you're in that peak anxiety phase, I would not recommend drinking coffee. And when I have experienced extreme anxiety or I've been feeling a bit off, even though I love coffee, I love coffee so much, I drink it every day. If I'm experiencing this, I do not drink coffee and I'll just listen to my body and what it needs because sometimes that coffee anxiety feeling is just not worth it. These are some things that help me. There's some things that I've shared with my friends. When they've been experiencing anxiety, my sister, we use these things. And while when you're experiencing a really bad batch of anxiety, why do we say a bad batch? It's never fun, isn't it? But you know, when you're at that really bad stage, doing these things, as I mentioned, might not feel like it's helping and you can do all the things and I've done so many things when I'm in this state and nothing feels like it's working and you're just thinking oh god when is this going to pass but these things do help even though they don't feel like it eventually that feeling will pass and you will feel better again and often it's really helpful to learn some coping strategies from a professional from a therapist, things you can ask yourself, you know, is this true? Is this kind? And just give yourself some kindness and just be gentle with yourself is another thing. Be gentle. Don't be hard on yourself. Your brain's already being mean to you as it is. Be really kind and treat yourself like you would a small child or a friend that was going through something like this. 
still to come, I have a stack of recommendations for you to listen to, watch and read. One in particular that is the best thing I've listened to about anxiety. I'll share it with you shortly after a quick break. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Recommendation, Rex time. I feel like it's been ages since I've shared a good, decent amount of my recommendations with you. So here is what I've been listening to, reading and watching. Specifically linked to anxiety, as I mentioned before, a podcast episode I recommend is on the Mel Robbins podcast. It was an episode on anxiety with a neuroscientist. I will link it in the show notes. It's on all podcast apps. Now, Over the years, as I've mentioned, I've listened to so many things about anxiety. And you know when you're super anxious and you're listening to anything you can find, anything you can get your hands on to just find a bit of relief. Well, this episode was called The Truth About Anxiety and How to Heal It, Tools for Anxiety with a Neuroscientist. I will listen to this again because when I was listening, I was having all these light bulb moments. It was really helpful information. You know, it's one thing to hear something talking about anxiety or something you experience and feeling like you're being heard, but this was really, really just upper level and I would definitely recommend listening if you or someone you know experiences anxiety because who doesn't these days it seems like. Now, according to a neuroscientist, Dr. Russell Kennedy, did you know that all anxiety stems from separation anxiety as a child? Isn't that wild? And while we've been taught to focus on what's going on in our head when we're anxious, he says we need to go to where it is in our body. So listen to this. I believe he's written a book. I need to go check that out. Mel Robbins is a podcast. Uh, She's actually only recently launched. I've listened to some of her work. Like She's got audio books, The High Five Habit, The Five Second Rule. She's one person that I always go to for personal development. And I've been listening to a lot of her stuff recently. Mindset Hacks. She is a lawyer turned TV host. She's a motivational speaker and a best-selling author as well. And now doing great work with a podcast. So I'll share those links for you. Now, I'm not even lying when I say that I was waiting on Netflix for this documentary, Pamela, A Love Story, to go live on Netflix. For the first time, Pamela Anderson has been able to tell her own story, not the one where she's been exploited and allowed to only exist as a sex symbol. Now, you may have your perceptions of Pamela, but you've got to put those aside as you get to know the real Pamela Anderson. She's intelligent, she's funny, she's unbelievably strong and sweet. A woman wronged, silenced and shamed. This documentary was produced by her very protective son, Brandon Thomas Lee, and Pam allowed the creators full access to her archives of footage and diaries she's written and kept throughout her life. The documentary 
points out that we may not be as forward thinking as we think as a society moving past the era of brutally shaming celebrity women in the media. Now, with the 2022 dramatized series, you may have seen, you may have may not have watched it, but Pam and Tommy, which is in, on Disney Plus in New Zealand, this was made without Pamela's consent as it revisited one of her most traumatic moments. The mass marketing of her and ex-husband Tommy Lee's stolen sex tape, which made an estimated $77 million in its first year of release. Now, we get taken inside the legal battle and the turmoil this experience caused Pam after a lifetime of sexual and physical abuse. Pam recalls, I'm just a piece of meat that this sex tape scandal should mean nothing to me because I'm a whore, basically. I know a lot of this sounds heavy, but Pamela is light, and it's a really inspiring story of a woman who broke the cycle of abuse, and she really deserves her moment to shine. There's a nice surprise to you at the end, so definitely watch Pamela, a love story on Netflix. Now, one thing about me is once I watch or read something, I want to consume everything surrounding the topic I can. Well, the things I like, that is. <laughs> I also have an interest in pop culture, particularly women and celebrity and pop culture and their stories. So I'm listening to Love Pamela by Pamela Anderson. Now, while you can read her memoir, I recommend listening to celebrity biographies. It's like they're telling you the story because they're reading the audiobook. I do this on Audible, and you get to hear their voice, and it feels more intimate. Plus, it's an effective way to binge a book if you don't get a lot of time to sit down and read as much as you'd like to. You can do it while you're going for a walk. You can do it while you're doing your housework, whatever you're up to. Recently, I've been vacuuming, putting it on, and it's so good. I just get lost in the story, and I love hearing what she has to say. Love, Pamela goes deeper and provides more information in the documentary and how Pamela, a small-town girl, became one of the biggest icons in the 90s. Pam's actually a really good writer and has shared how her publishing team first doubted her wanting a ghostwriter to pen her life story, but then when she showed them what she had written, they were so impressed and went straight into editing. While like the documentary, the memoir covers heavy topics, if you're in the headspace for it and want to read an inspirational story of a woman overcoming a lifetime of shocking adversity, this is definitely worth a read or a listen. And I just love the relationship she has with her sons. It's very special. I can't wait to see what Pam does next. I just adore her. To scratch the royal hyperfixation itch I had after listening to Prince Harry's book Spare, you'd think that the 15 hours of listening would have been enough, I turned to one of my all-time favourite podcasts, Even the Rich, who nail pop culture deep dives with 37 seasons to their name to prove it. Now, trust me, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I think they are definitely the best. Their latest season, Royal Scandal from Wallace to Camilla, took us back in time to find out about another woman who fell in love with the Prince of Wales. And no, it's not Camilla. Enter Wallace Simpson. Now, a quick history lesson. Wallace forever changed the line of the royal family when her beau, King Edward, abdicated the throne, aka ditched his royal duties, to marry her, a twice-divorced American. Now, divorce used to be a big no-no in the royal family. They all had affairs instead, which are, oh, the sanctity of marriage. But that's a story for another time. His brother, George VI, became king, meaning that Queen Elizabeth II became the next in line to the throne. 
Now, side note, if protocols hadn't changed after what was, at the time, a major royal scandal, Camilla and Meghan would have never been allowed to marry their now King Charles and Prince Harry. And we also find out in this series about Camilla from her childhood to now as Queen Consort. Now, if you want more, as I certainly did, season one covers the stories of the late Princess Diana and Meghan Markle. I'll leave links to all my recommendations in the show notes of this episode. Make sure you follow at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram where you can watch short videos of this episode. I'm at Belle Crawford on Instagram. I also save my book club, my recommendations and my highlights folders as well. And I'm at Belle underscore Crawford on TikTok. There's a video up on my Instagram and TikTok about Colleen Hoover books. There's a lot of being said about these books online. They've blown up. They're probably one of the biggest Colleen Hoover is a best-selling author. She's got 25 titles to her name. Her books get a lot of love and hate, and I unpacked this in a recent video. If you're not already, please hit subscribe on your podcast app so you can follow along with the Self Love Club and also select automatic downloads. And if you're enjoying listening, please write us a five-star rating and leave us a kind review and send the link to a friend. This all really helps us grow and helps other people find the podcast. I hope the anxiety toolkit helped and you can refer to this anytime you need. Again, it's not medical help. It's things that I have learned over the years that really help when you're in that yucky stage. Take care of yourselves. You deserve all the love. You deserve all the self-care. You are so loved and everything is going to be okay. We all experience these things at different points in our lives, some more than others. Another point I want to end on is something a doctor told me once, which was so profound, is that anxiety is a normal human emotion. Just like you feel happy and sad, sometimes you feel anxious and some people just feel that more than others. And that was something so profound that a doctor said to me one time. It made me realize that, you know, these human emotions they're normal and it doesn't define you. It's just something you're experiencing. It's not you. You are not the anxiety. You want, you know, I think if you can separate yourself from that, and that's something I've learned through talk therapy. This is not you. You're experiencing it. It's okay. Just like you experience happiness, sadness, you're experiencing this. It's not forever. And learning some techniques, whether that's your breathing, questions you can ask yourself through cognitive behavioral therapy. I've got a folder somewhere of like homework counselors, therapists have given me over the years, little exercises you can do. And you can find so much of that online. But like I said, I'll leave um, some resources in the show notes of where you can get help. But first point of call is your GP and they can refer you on to a therapist as well. Take care and I'll catch you soon. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.